either. I'm not sure who we are, but that's low on, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, there, there's a song that I, uh, early this morning, I thought, you know, we ought to sing this song. Some of you will know it. Some of you are going to say, uh, don't go on the road with that, okay? <laughs> You'll just say, forget this. But many of you would know that. And it's right out of the scriptures of which we're going to look at this morning. It says, there's a river of life flowing out of me. Anybody just remember those first words? There's a river of life. Well, let's try a little and there's a river of life flowing out from me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out from. We're not going to spring up. No, don't. We're not springing yet. Okay, we're going to spring. How many of you know that chorus? Oh, come on. You can then you can sing louder than you just did because it's pretty. There's a dribble of life flowing. Come on. There's a river. Everybody say river. Okay, let it come out from down here. There's a river of life flowing out from me. Makes a lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing. Spring up, oh well, spring up, oh well. Within my soul, spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to me that life abundantly. All right, good. Thank you, Lord. Woo. <coughs> All right. Uh, turn to the person beside you and say, you didn't do bad. That was good. I'd like to hear that. Okay. <clears throat> I want to thank Lowell for preaching for me last week. Uh, as you know, I was down in Florida for the Bridges for Peace USA Directors meeting. And I just want to say this. Uh, we are a church that loves Israel. We're a church that so many years ago God put Israel into us, poured it into us. We didn't know Israel existed other than reading the Bible. And God said, no, it's important to me. And we grabbed hold of that in, uh, back in the 90s. And God began to uh, birth in us just a very um, love, love for Israel, God's people, God's land. And uh, this has been a very amazing year for Bridges for Peace. With all the uh, wars in Ukraine and Russia and all that, and Syria and all those kind of things, um, we have seen as an organization, and we're very much a part of that. We tithe to it, give to it a lot over the year. And um, we help... Uh, people make aliyah. Aliyah is a Hebrew word means to go up. And we have helped, as a little, our little congregation, there are probably over maybe 450 people over the years make that journey. And that's quite a, quite a commitment that we've made. But because of Ukraine and Russia, Jewish people are heading back to the land. They're going back to the land. God said in the last days that he would return. He said, I'll gather you from the north, south, east, and west and bring you back to my land. And so they've seen a tremendous amount of increase of people coming to land. But Bridges for Peace has been able to help them and welcome them, give them a welcome package. If you had, uh, say, five minutes to leave your house, five minutes, uh, what would you grab to take with you? I hope it's your children and your wife, guys. You know, grab your wife, make sure she's coming to the kids. Sometimes people will grab photo albums or something to go, but they don't grab pots and pans or blankets. They just don't do that. They're getting the important things. So when they land uh, in the land of Israel, Bridges for Peace, 
uh, they're there with a welcome packet with pots and pans and blankets and things that they need to set up in a, a house, a place. And that's such a blessing because they just can't believe it. They left it all back. Now it's here. And then, um, and then we're feeding over 24,000 people a month uh, in the food kitchens because there is a lot of poverty there as well. So anyway, I just want to give you a report. Last year, I think they, the largest year they've had for do donations out of nine countries of the world, Japan, Canada, United States, South Africa, uh, England, New Zealand, Australia. I'm missing one. But anyway, um, about $10 million came in, and that's a high, a, a high number for that little organization. Been there 50 years and really doing some really awesome things. Can we give thanks to God for what he's doing? Amen? Amen. <coughs> Amen. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to the Gospel of John, John chapter 4. Uh, several weeks ago, I was, um, well, a week past, uh, we were at a section of um, talking about the water of the journey, the water of our journey. We're on a journey, and we need the Lord in our backpack, a wonderful counselor, everlasting father, Prince of Peace, uh, his name. We, we rely upon his name if we're going to exist. We need to walk in the name of the Lord. And then we talked about what it means to uh, reach out to others and to look around and see the needs around us and be aware of that. And then I talked about the matter of having water to drink ourselves, the living water of the Lord Jesus. We drink of him, but also it's offering that water to others. And this chorus we just sang out of the scripture there's a river of life flowing out of us. So I want to talk a lot more about that today because I think it's going to address us at a different level than you probably came for. Um, I don't know what you came for, but uh, we'll see. If, if it isn't what you came for, just think about the songs or something, okay? Here we go. John chapter 4, I'm going to look at verse 7. Uh, this is the um, time when Jesus ministered to a Samaritan woman. Verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. How can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? And this was Jesus' answer to that very uh, confused, how, what are you talking about? How can this really work? I don't understand it. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He said, Who's gonna, if you believe in me, you drink of me, you receive me, Savior and Lord, you bring in, me into your heart. Uh, we looked at this last fall a lot. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He comes. Your body's the temple of God. You, you take him in. He lives with inside of us. He said, out of you then, the water that's been deposited in you will now spring well up to eternal life. Now go to chapter 7. This is the other passage that we looked at. <coughs> Verse 37, 
Jesus is now at the Feast of Tabernacles, verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And he said, there's going to come a day that out of you, you believe in me, out of you will flow rivers of living water. That's the song he sang. There's a river of life flowing out from me. There's something that's happened within me that is now flowing out from me. I came across a quote from Oswald Chambers. Some of you uh, older folks might remember him more for his devotional books and things that he had written from the last century. But he said this, Jesus did not say that he, who, that he that believes me shall realize the blessing of the fullness of God. But he that believes me out of him shall escape everything that he receives. Out of those who believe, he said, if you believe in me, receive in me, you, you believe in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow out from within him. What has been placed within you will escape. Everything you receive will escape. I like that. It's flowing out of you. There's something that goes on. You see, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, heal the, those who are lame and sick, to bring salvation through the death on the cross forgiveness of sins, and he was buried in, in, the, in a tomb, and three days later he arose, triumphant resurrection life, and then 40 days later ascended and sits on the right hand of the Father. Jesus came, giving himself all the way through. He did that through his life, through his giving of his life. But throughout Jesus' teaching, and this is a part, I want you to walk with me through this and grab hold of it, throughout his teaching and the development of the believer always will confront the issue of self-denial. Self-denial. Jesus is always anti-self-realization. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. We live in a world that just says, be yourself, prove yourself, find yourself, change who you are. All this stuff about that, Jesus never said that. He said, when you come to me... Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, for my sake, is going to find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose his own, forfeit their soul? Or how can anyone get, what can anyone give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the Father's glory with these angels and he will reward every person according to what they've done. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, follow me. He didn't say to all those people, come to me and you're going to get that car you always wanted. Come to me and I will give you everything your little heart desires. You can have it all. He doesn't say that. Certainly, he's a God of blessing, he's a God of prosperity, he's a God that blesses his people, but that's not his intention. 
His intention is we deny our flesh, ourselves, and follow him. Galatians chapter 2. Go to the book of Galatians. As you walk with the Lord and you begin to understand how things are and how they work. Galatians chapter 2 in verse 20. Galatians 2.20. Paul writes and he said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who saved me, loved me, and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live for myself, but for him who saved me, the one who lives with inside of me in the life that I now live in the body. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. Turn over to chapter 5 and look down at verse 24. Chapter 5 and verse 24, just over a page. This is after that great section on what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. But verse 24, he said, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Don't become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The overcoming, persistent demands of our flesh and its passions. Jesus said, those have got to die. They've got to be put in submission to the word of God. Self-denial. Now, this is not a popular message because, like I said, you turn on most TV preachers, most people around you, they'll say, be the best you can be. Come to Jesus and you will be the best you can be. I'm telling you that that's not the Father's goal. Let's look at Titus chapter 2. Titus, the book of Titus. I'm going to a lot of scriptures. If you can't keep up, uh, please write it down. Um, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. <coughs> For the grace of God has appeared... Verse 11, Titus 2, 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. That salvation teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Eager to do what's good. So what is God's purpose when he saves me and you, when I come to him? What, is, what am I going to be acting like? What, how am I going to walk? He said this is a daily exercise to allow God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to say no to my self-desires, my self-promotion, my self-satisfaction, all the things I want for myself. He said, that is not why you've come. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. You see, the purpose of our salvation, the purpose of what God wants to do in and through us is to make us look like him, to look like Jesus. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who's the Spirit. In other words, the closer I get to him, 
I'm going to become like him. I allow him, by the Holy Spirit, to transform my life. Not that I might be a better Jim Schumann. Might not, that I might become this superstar, this, this wonderful person who's got an awesome voice, handsome face. No, I'm sorry, that was Ed back there. The, he was the, uh, never mind what happened at Daniel meeting. But anyway, we all know about Ed. It's not to be that. But what do we hear almost daily in our lives is to be something other than you are. Become the best you can be. But Jesus said, no, come like me. Become like me. If you're going to walk with me, become like me. Walk as I walk. He wants to develop his image in me. And we're talking about a river that's going to flow out, but here's where we make our mistake, and I want to get to this in a little bit, is we think that river originates even within me. That it's in me. It's me. I'm going to stir up the waters. I'm going to make it happen. No. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the matter is that he wants me to look like Jesus. And what does Jesus look like? What is he like? What, what is his character, his major characteristic? There's so many. We could talk about him all day. All the books in the, in the libraries can't hold everything he's done. He's, he's beyond that. But, but one of the fundamental parts is his self giving away, his expending of himself, his giving of himself, his pouring out of his life on the cross and for people, despising the shame. He went ahead to give of himself. Now, if I believe in Jesus, it's not what I'm going to get, but what he gives through me. You know, I come to Jesus not just to feel good, but that out of me will flow what Jesus wants to do through my life. He flows out through us. Someone wrote this. It isn't that he makes this nice, beautiful, round grapes that look so nice. It's that when he squeezes us, sweet comes out. When life hits us and squeezes us, what's going to come out? The sweetness of Jesus, the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to be bitter waters coming out. It's going to be something sweet that flows out through us. Why? Because we're so good? No, because what he has done for me in saving me, setting me free, forgiving my sins, coming to dwell within me, is he makes me be like Jesus. Flow out through me. Jesus, just flow through me. You know, uh, we really can't measure ourselves by our, quote, successes, or neither our failures. But I know the older I get, I go look back, and boy, do I see a lot of failure. I don't want to say I've had the success, yeah, that's a little prideful. Maybe I did, but I never admit it. See, because we like to say, well, we're no good. I'm no good. Well, the point is, it's not either one of those measures. It's what Jesus wants to do through me. What it, he said, when you receive me, out of you will have springs of living water. Out of you is going to flow rivers of living water. I want to tell you, uh, relate to you a testimony from Scripture. I'll go to Matthew chapter 26. I'm trying to learn not to use this, the word story. Uh, some, of, uh, some of us have talked a lot about story. If you said, hell, there's a great Bible story, it leads most of people to think, oh, it's just like a novel off the shelf. It's just a story. When the Word of God gives something that happened, it is an actual event that happened. The Bible is filled with truth, as you can grab hold of it. So this is not a book of stories. It's, a book, it's his story, certainly, but it's facts. So I'm going to tell you about a lady who came to Jesus, and this actually happened. It is a fact. And I want you to see what happened. 
with her. Go to Matthew 26, look down at verse 6. By the way, this story is, see, I'm doing it again. This event, if I keep slipping and saying story, you'll forgive me, right? You understand what I meant? This is a fact. This testimony, this is so important. It, all the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record it. It's, you know, some don't have all of them, but this one said, I'm, this has got to go in every book that we write, the gospel of Jesus. Here it is, verse 6. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. Now, that's not your everyday home visit. Someone walks in and breaks open a bottle of very, very expensive ointment. It was actually a, a, an embalming fluid smell that would you be used. It was like a dowry given by a father to a young lady who was single who said, here, this is your dowry when you get married. And if you don't get married, this will cover your funeral expenses. It was, it was a very known smell. So if anybody had that smell on them, they know that they've been around death somewhere. Which is significant because from this moment on, all the way from this, this event in Jesus' life, it will go all the way through the week of passion and all the way to the week of the cross. Every, every place that Jesus walked, he smelled like death. He smelled like where he was, what he was going to do, and that's die on the cross. Let's go on. Verse 8. <clears throat> when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you'll always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted on from 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to betray him, to hand him over. This scenario, this scene, when this woman comes and pours out her pours out on Jesus, the disciples around her, all they could consider is that what a waste. Don't they, you know how much that costs? I can just imagine them start whispering among these, you know how much that costs? I mean, that, that could be fifty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars worth of in relative terms. That's going to cover everything for her. What has she done? What a waste. We could have sold this stuff, and we could have been real good people and give it to the poor. <laughs> this caused such a reaction in the disciples that what they did then, many of them did this, but Judas is the one that this scripture singles out and said, I'm going to sell him out. I've had it. I'm going to turn him over that they can ca take him and kill him and stop him, which is terrible revelation of Judas' heart, but that's what it is. He went to them, and he said, if you read the other Gospels, he said, from that time on, they looked for a way that they could capture him and put him in judgment and kill him. 
Jesus did something that we have to look at. He commended her for her extravagance, her act of devotion to him. He said not only is what she did good, but this story, this fact, is going to be told throughout the end of time as a memorial to her. Jesus is full of joy when we do what Mary did. And that's not for any other reason for being abandoned to him. You see, they did not see the reason why Mary did that. They, the Bible, we know this, so I could prove back and tell you why she did it. But they're looking at and all they're seeing is the material stuff of this, what we could do. We, we could do good works and all this. But they didn't see that out of her heart that Jesus set free from demons. Jesus set her free. Jesus did that to her. And out of her comes the very character of the Lord Jesus, an extravagant giving of himself. She gave out of her love, devotion. Nobody understood it. She said, no other reason because I love you. No other reason because I want to pour it out to you. You see, we need to stop the craving for our own satisfaction and give our lives poured out for him in her event, her action, will be bring blessing even to Suffield Fellowship on February the 12th, 2023, what year it is, 2023. For all this time, what that woman did, she had no idea that out of her would pour water that would bless, out of her would come something, but she was like Jesus, giving, because God spilt the blood of his son that the world might be saved, be poured out. I said this at the beginning, the quote that Oswald Chambers said, out of him shall escape everything that he receives. What he receives. That river of water, that river of life, doesn't originate in me. It is placed in me by the Holy Spirit. He said, you drink of me, out of you shall flow. Let me talk about the river for a moment. A river will touch Places that its source knows nothing about. In other words, think with me. Here is a river. The flow of the river starts. The, the mouth of the river starts. That river, that mouth, that source of the water has no idea, no thought concerning that water going down, going down, maybe going down miles, going miles, there's a farmer that takes his cows up to the, the water and they drink. There's some trees that are growing up. There's someone who's irrigating his field by that same water. There's families go down and wash their children in the water, all this stuff. The source doesn't know anything about all that. But he said there's going to come something happen that is going to be there. Now, many of us, now several of us in this room a couple years ago were in uh, Banyas, up by the Tel Dan, up in the northern part of Israel, and we saw one of the three headwaters of the Jordan River. It's very quiet. It comes out from under a rock, under the mountain, and it just flows there. It comes a little further, and then there's a pool that they have blocked off for the pool of the water. It was that part that we got some Jordan River water to baptize our, 
our friend who's in heaven now, Larry, he got that water. We're going to baptize him in the Jordan River. Couldn't get there himself. But that water at that point doesn't know what's going to happen down 50 feet, 100 feet, 2 miles, 20 miles. It's going to hit the Sea of Galilee. It's going to fill up the Sea of Galilee. That river's still flowing. That water's still flowing. It's in the Sea of Galilee. It goes down through the Jordan Rift Valley, down through the valley. comes down and ends up in the Dead Sea. But the source doesn't know what it is. You see, Jesus said if we believe and received his fullness in us, we received it, however small it might be, out of us will flow rivers that will bless people. It will bless. It will bless even to the uttermost parts of the earth. When Jesus is flowing out of us, his living water. But I have to say it again. You and I don't have anything to do with that. It's the work of God that touches people. When you and I live for Jesus and open our mouth and tell him, about, we let that go through, out. But it comes from him inside me. Here's where we get, I'll, why, I hope I'm making this clear enough, but the, the issue is we have to think that if I just work harder, if I just get more discipline, if I just can squeeze it out, that's work. We all know that's work. It doesn't really produce much either. But when I grab hold of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ who loved me, gave himself for me, lives with inside of me, he said, out of you, out of you will flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit's going to flow that out. And when I rest in him and just say, Lord, I just want to be like you. I want to make nothing between me and you, and I want you to live out through me. Church, it's time we quit trying to do all this kind of stuff and forget that our message, our life, the water we're given, it's Jesus and him alone. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's our Savior. And we gather here to worship him, to become like him, to encourage each other to be like Jesus. Another thing about the river is that the river is victoriously persistent. Let me give you that too. too. It's victoriously persistent. It will overcome all barriers. Rivers do that. For a while, that river could go straight through, just going straight, until it comes to an obstacle, a big boulder, and that river hits the boulder. Now, what is it going to do? It might hesitate for a while, coming up, Unless it can push it out of the way, it begins to make a channel around it. And it begins to flow some more. Sometimes that, it, that'll, that'll go, that river goes out of sight for a while. They call those underground rivers where the river comes and then it, where did it go? It goes underground for a while and then it pops up bigger than it was before. You see, a river has the power to move and go where it needs to go. You see... God uses uh, our lives, but sometimes obstacles come in the way that stop it. And you seem, you might say, well, my river, Lord, you're not doing anything through me. Well, don't get excited. If he's working it through you, he's going to fix those obstacles, those difficulties. He's going to go around those. But if you and I would stay connected to the source of the water, the water's going to do its thing. The blessing of God, the life-giving water will flow out through there. 
we, we can't get our eyes on the obstacle out there. But Lord, it doesn't seem to work. Is that your problem? It is if you're getting in the way. But if you come back and rely on me, stay close to me. This is why I really felt important today that as we worship this morning that we would move closer to him. You see, what happens is the further I get away from the source of my life, the less comes out. I mean, there's an obstacle there. And I need to just open to the Spirit of God to allow him to do that. Don't allow anything to come between me and him. Nothing to come between me and Jesus. Don't let my emotions get in the way. Don't let my experiences get in the way. Nothing must keep you away from the source of life. Jesus, out of you will flow rivers of what kind of water? Living water. It's in us. Just, just think of this. What has God done for you? Go back in your life. Remember all those problems you had back there? Did Jesus get you through? Yeah, he sure did. He sure taught me a lot back there. What about that? Man, we had a great uh, experience in Jesus. It was powerful. What would you learn? He put something in you. He's placed, he's invested his life in us, things that come in, that's designed to flow out of us by the Spirit. It's to flow out of us, that it's coming out, those marvelous truths that God's shown you. Someone says that too often we become like the Dead Sea. We take in and never give out. And we're dead. We're dry. The river dried up. Well, what happened? The source was plugged up at the beginning. We've got to guard our hearts. He's always desiring to put stuff into us that can come out of us. I started this morning with this truth that Jesus always talked about self-denial giving up myself. Is it all about me? Is it all about us? No. Is it just so that you're going to be blessed? No. It is so out of you will flow rivers of living water. Heard someone say the other day, heard a word from God, and someone came to them and said, investment, investment, investment. God has invested in you. Now he's coming to collect on the investment. Oh. What's he looking for? He's looking for people that are like Jesus. That we're going to look like Jesus. That out of us, we're going to look like Jesus. He's coming to see. Uh, there's another term I'm messing around with in my head. I heard it the other day. It's kingdom equity. What is the kingdom of God? What has God done in my heart that he's taught me that out of me can flow that water? The living water. What he's done in me. So I have to stay at the source. He said, drink of me. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Come near to me. Church, could you measure your distance between where you are and where Jesus is in your life? Again, I was talking to someone the other day. They said most believers are just right up here in their head. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, I believe it. You know, I believe it. We're together. We all believe that stuff. And it never makes a journey from here 18 inches to my heart. Hardest distance to go, to get it out of my head and into my heart. Because it's out of your heart, out of your belly, out of the inside of you will flow rivers of living water. Not through all you know, but out of him. So we have to guard. Stay at the source. Stay at Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us. Guard what you believe in Jesus. Guard that belief and your relationship with him. One of the things people say, oh, it's so dry. That preacher is so dry and dusty. I can't take it, it's so dry. 
Well, what are you listening for? You listening for his energy, his thing, or you listen for God? You listen to say, okay, I can find water here. Why? Because the water comes from him, the Lord Jesus. Grab hold of that. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with his Spirit. <coughs> One of the translators says, says very cl clearly, be daily filled with the Spirit. Walk close with the Holy Spirit. A couple last thoughts. I thought, well, maybe if I'm thinking about rivers, maybe I should... Maybe the better picture would be it'd be a canal. Let the water flow through me. I'll be the Panama Canal. I'll be the Suez Canal. That is not what God says. Well, I just want to let that come from him zipping through me and going out there. That's not what the Bible says. He said, in you will well up a spring of living water. You're not a canal. You are a vessel that Christ in you, I will abide in you, we will make our home in you, the Holy Spirit will come and dwell within you, and out of you then, out of this resource, out of his life in me, will flow those rivers of living water. The source is Christ in you. He is the water to touch the nation. It's not about working harder. It's about getting closer. Getting closer to Jesus. You know, he, there is no one like him. He's the best. He's the only. He's my Savior. He's my Redeemer. He's all those to me. And he's life. The Lamb of God who gave himself for me. What does he want to do in me? He wants to give him himself in me, out through me. What are we going to give people? Give them our smarts? I suppose we can be smart enough to give them something. We can, I suppose we can give them whatever we think we can give them that's going to make it. What is the difference? What does the church have to offer that nothing, nothing else can offer? We have the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, who wants to come and heal the sick and raise the dead and, and heal the brokenhearted and, and fill us up. Why? So that out of us would flow his life. It's your decision. It's mine. Get right related, rightly re related to the Lord Jesus and allow him. There's a river of life flowing out of me. Out of me. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. All that flowing out of you. If you would say you believe in Jesus, he said out of you will flow rivers. I could go to Revelation. I could go to Ezekiel about in the end times, there's a picture of a scene of the river that flows from the throne of God that has healing for the nations, for people. We've just got to do that. So, river people, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I pray that you and I would just, that I would run, you would run to get close to Jesus, to be near him. And out of that relationship, we can walk. People say, boy, you're different. Well, it isn't because I just got a new hairdo or haircut or put some new makeup on it. It's because Jesus shone out through me. Jesus did it. And that's when people get jealous. They want to say, what do you got? What, do you, what, what is that? I found water to drink. Do you want some? He's living water. He can give it to others. Worship team, if you would come. <coughs> we can stand before the Lord. And as we stand, would you make a, I know you can't come and just step 
into your pew in front of you. But you might step back so you can take a step forward and say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Holy Spirit, would you just fall on your people today that we might be filled with your spirit. Maybe you'd like to just raise your hands in submission and just tell the Lord, Lord, I've, I've done a lot of stuff for just me. Because I want to be happy. I want this to take place in my life. But I realize by the Holy Spirit that he said it's not about that. It's about living with the heart of Jesus to give, to allow him to flow. And so, Lord, I pray that you would have your way in us as we wait on you, as we come together at the end of this service. And, Lord, you would just have your way in us. Lord, we say have your way.